Hello friends, welcome back once again to the board game review room where we sit down and review a board game descriptively enough. I am Paco Garcia and as usual I am not alone. Michael Chamberlain still suffering his company is playing with a plastic frog, Max Murray. And you can make of that whatever you like, listeners. But it's actually quite literal, because tonight we are going to be playing Days of Wonders Relic Runners, a game that came out, I believe, at Essen 2013? Yes. And um, it's meant to be a light-hearted family game, but as you would expect from Days of Wonder, the production is completely and utterly top-notch, as I found when I did the, the unboxing video. Top-notch? Yeah. This goes over the top. Well, it's a top-notch. I mean, however no. top the notch is. It reached the top-notch and started jumping. <laughs> I'd just go with good, but I'm a lot harder to impress than you two. <laughs> yeah, your, your levels of cynicism is, is really up there. It is seriously, seriously... Um, I'm not going to say overproduced because I still haven't seen how it plays uh, and whether any of the stuff is not necessary. But the production is just gorgeous. Whether it's overproduced or not, it's not overpriced for that no. production level. You know, overproduction's only an issue if suddenly you're paying £90 for a game because it's got resin miniatures mm. and the rest and actually it's £15 worth of gameplay. Correct. No, it, it, it really isn't from that point of view. I think it's very reasonably priced, uh, which you would expect from from Days of Wonder. Um, when I did the, the unboxing video, I was really impressed by the quality of the minis. Yes. They are gorgeous. This is the... One of these is the uh, frog that Max has been handling. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're okay. I mean, they're, they're, they're very well detailed. Yeah. They're really well detailed. Um, they've got miniature bits of paint and sort of fake gemstones in. It's quite nice. I, I prefer sort of wooden pieces myself, but I mean that doesn't take away the quality from from this. And it's, it's quite interesting to see how you're using them as finger puppets. <laughs> well, uh, uh, you know, devil makes work for idle hands and all that. Yeah, okay. especially thumbs. Um, well, it's also the fact that you know, for people who are into board gaming as a hobby, as adults. Yeah. Yes, wooden pieces work really well, but as the fact that you're picking these up and touching them, they're tactile objects. You know, there's a definite toy value mm. to this level of production, which I think works for family games. Well, it is, and the game is meant to be eight, eight years old or older, so it makes sense that they have that visual and, as you said, that tactile appeal for children. Absolutely agree. I mean, um, they're very colourful as well. You know, yeah. mm. something that with the wood you wouldn't get quite the same, the same effect. I mean, just at first glance, it's clearly a family game, and it. It works well in that regard. Uh, big, big tokens. Yes, we have massive tokens. That are the temples we're going to be running around to on the board. Um, thick as anything. Very, very durable. Yeah, it's a good thickness on those tokens. And mm. considering that you're going to be shuffling them as well when you put them out onto the board, if it's a family game, you'd like to think it'll get a lot of play. And they built it to endure that, I think. Yeah, they're like... Coasters for shot glasses. <laughs> I, w I don't think I would recommend anybody to use them that way, but I can see what you mean. Definitely. 
I'm looking forward to seeing the drinking game variant of this without even having played the original. Yes. Um, plastic bits as well in, in, in all the colours for all the players that this game can have. Yeah. There's one thing I have to say about these plastic bits, and that's we've got these ones which are for trails. Yes. And they're for putting on the board to mark where you can travel for free. Mm-hmm. If I just put a couple of these on the board together, like that, and I say it's a Days of Wonder game. Hey, uh, hmm, that looks like Ticket to Ride. Wow. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I mean, the pieces don't look that much like it, but as far as a company design, you know, that's done games where you give us little sticks and we link locations together, <laughs> it just jumps to mind. Well, I, yeah, that's fine by me. Yeah. You know, it's... Come on, the Days of Wonder deserve the reputation quite nicely and Ticket to Ride is an excellent game so well, the hell, why not? I like it. And they don't look like trains they're very no. clearly Max will correct me if I'm wrong on this but it's Mayan in style. No, I think you're right. Yeah, looks it to me. So we've got those. We've got our, our tool chests as well which yeah. link to abilities on our character boards. And, uh, and the characters which is already running. It's in a running position. The bust is in a running position already. I really dislike it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> Just, I really hate it. It, it, it looks like a, um, like a cheap souvenir of something from Mount, uh, Mount Rushmore to me. <laughs> Just, yeah. They are all a- the Anything same. else would have been better. <laughs> they are all the same, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. But if you were someone who was into, you know, painting minis... Yeah, you there's, there's a little bit of detail here. You mm. could do something with that if you want. Uh, I suppose, but I mean, part of the monocolor thing is to identify the players. Though it's quite clearly a visual thing. That's why they've got the the detail on some of the side bits, but not so much on the. Leave the jackets the same color as the base piece. Something like that. You could do it if you wanted to. Oh, good! Thank goodness for that, uh, listeners. Uh, I was trying the green pieces on the board. Because there's an awful lot of green on the board. The board is meant to be a jungle with some paths and some locations where you're going to be running around to and from. Uh, and I was getting a bit concerned for a second that green on green would not be seen. Uh, but no, they, they have chosen the right colour of, of, of green and, and it is visible pretty much anywhere you put it. Yep. It's a bit strange though. That, I mean, because we've got black, yellow, red, blue, green. I mean, green could have been white or something else yeah. that would have stood out a lot more. It's a bit strange that they chose that as one of the colours. Maybe the colour was on offer that day. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they print you think green, I don't know. Well, and also we've seen days That's of why the Hulk was green. He was originally grey. <laughs> Sorry, just thought okay. I'd give you that boring bit of thing. <laughs> they had a load of green ink in the printer, so they ended up changing him for the first issue, and it stuck. Well, fair enough. I like green. If you're not careful, listeners, you may just learn something. Yes. Um, when you look at it, you've got green and we've got red. Yeah. That's the whole colourblindness issue. Mm. And we've seen Days of Wonder deal with colourblindness before in Ticket to Ride, where the cards are deliberately marked with symbols so as you can tell them apart. Granted, I think they missed the trick as well of doing green and red pieces in that as well. But they're aware of this. Not a big deal, but there are people it will make a difference. Correct, correct. Uh, And and that's a good thing for them to to think about. And, And to be honest, the fact that the green they have chosen it is visible, it is contrasty enough against the green in the board. It's, it's very well chosen. So, I, 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 yes, they could have used white if they wanted to, but I cannot see any problem with green, and I, I commend them for, for choosing a proper shade of green that doesn't get lost in the jungle, quite literally. Hmm. 
I don't have a lot more to say about the production of the game. We've got these little plastic supply oh, packs yeah. in the centre. Again. Oh, cute. oh, is that where these are? Yeah. yeah, they're your supplies and rations. I, I thought they were like miniature cities or something. I was yeah, <laughs> wasn't quite water, sure. Water bottle. Victory point coin yeah. type things as well. And one bit that I'm sure we're all going to comment on. Player boards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Player tissue paper. <laughs> Tissue paper's going too far, but but this um, is this is this is a, this is best. a test. This is how you test whether the play cards are good enough or not. They are not good enough. Yeah, yeah. If they do this, they are way too flexible and way too thin. The rest of the components, nothing to fault there. Yep, I believe if I remember correctly from the video, the rules are a little bit on the tight side in terms of layout. Are they not? There's... Yes, they're tightly packed, but you've got big illustrations in there that explain what's going on. It doesn't feel like you're slogging through it. Okay. So, I know you care far more about layout than I do. Yes, but, that's, uh, that's the other. That's because he designer. doesn't read them. <laughs> no, that's because I'm a graphic designer and I am, I know about these things and I like good layout and that feels really packed and tight. Well, to tell us a little bit more before we get playing, we've actually got a clip from Matt, the designer. Who's that? Hi, my name is Matthew Dunstan and I'm the designer of Relic Runners. Thanks very much for having me on the board game review room. In Relic Runners, players are archaeologists, or rather would-be archaeologists, who have heard that these fabulous relics have been discovered in the jungle, in various temples and ruins, and they race out to try and find them before the other players can. Essentially in the game you'll be collecting points, mostly through collecting the, uh, the relics, the aforementioned relics, and at the end of the game the player with most points wins. In the game as you look at, as a look, it's just made up of a map of many different locations connected by various trails, uh, and in these locations there are either temples, or ruins, and in the middle of, of the map um, there's base camp where the players start. Essentially base camp is, is from where you go out to trek into these temples and ruins and where you need to come back to to replenish your rations. The gameplay is quite simple. Uh, on your turn the first thing you do is you can move, so you have to move to a new location and you do this by moving along uh, trails from one location to another. As the game goes on you'll get to place these pathways which are pieces of your colour onto these trails and Moving across adjacent pathways allows you to move further in your turn because essentially you can move along your own pathways as, as, as an additional movement. Once you've moved to a new location, you can then explore that location. And to do so, you have to spend a ration. Obviously, exploring these ruins is uh, thirsty work. And then, you, in doing so, you get to take the top tile of that particular location. And what I should have said is that each of those these locations are made up of two or three tiles stacked on top of each other, representing the different levels of of the temple. Um, so you take the top tile and depending on, on what that particular location is you get to take a, a certain action. So for the ruined tiles they let you place um, your pathways onto the board which will allow you to move further in the game. With the temples there are three different colours. The blue temples will give you a secret number of points so you can look at that you won't know what you get until you look at them and then these points are only revealed at the end of the game and you get more points as you as you delve deeper into the temples. The purple temples give you one-off uh, special actions, such as, say, moving a pathway around the board or, or going immediately back to base camp and replenishing your rations. And the ivory temples give you special abilities which stay in front of you for the rest of the game um, and can help you do um, some cool, unique things that the other players can't do. Importantly, though, we're all looking for the relics. 
And these relics show up once the last tile is taken from a particular location. Once that tile is taken, the relic of the corresponding colour is placed there, and on a later turn, a player can attempt to claim a relic by moving, so by starting their turn with a relic, and then in one go, moving to another location with the same coloured relic, which allows them to claim that relic. And obviously doing so, you might need to use your own pathways in order to move further. Uh, relic Runners, I think, is a game which awards um, some careful planning, to hopefully to look forward to what you're trying to do in, in future turns, especially as you're placing your pathways on the board, but also allows you to be quite tactical. You have to, to watch what your opponents are trying to do and hopefully to thwart them before they get to do it. And also, hopefully the game is fun for, for newer players and families to play because the actual turn structure is quite simple, you can get started very quickly, and games are quite quick and last only 45 to 60 minutes. In any case, I hope you all get a, a chance to try the game, um, and I hope you enjoy it. And thanks very much for, for having the game on in the review room. Thank you. Again, a game has frustrated Max. That's a good game. Hey, hey I, I actually resent that remark. <laughs> no, you resemble that remark. You resemble that I, remark. Uh, I enjoyed that, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, one aspect that was a, was a bit annoying, but I see why it's there. But other than that, actually, well, it was well, okay. well, well, what aspect? Uh, it was just well it was you Paco not the game yeah okay well that's fine did. I don't come with the box so that's uh, okay you know, with, with the cargo box where you get to move up abilities yeah I just didn't get to use that almost at all all game uh, got, got to move one up which I could have used but didn't but because um, there was one tile that needed to be turned over so that all the others reset so that we could move the abilities you're the only person with trails near it and you just walked on by so uh, I, I, all of my paths I couldn't move once I'd placed them in the top right corner. I was stuck on one side of the board. Uh, and I still managed to do well from it, and I enjoyed it. But Well, the thing is, about that, um, there is there wasn't really any massive advantage for me to, t- to turn that, because then I'm giving you, the rest of you, a massive advantage. Oh, oh yeah. So no. it, from that point of view, I, I don't... Don't get me wrong, I'm just surprised you did it. What? <laughs> what, what can I say? Maybe I'm not as stupid as I sound. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You're coming on as strategy gaming goes, that's for sure. It's getting scary. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to start you know, taking that into account when we play. <laughs> <laughs> Cock. Um, as family games go, the fact that there is this limiting factor on how much you can use these, what essentially are special abilities, mm. though, it does stop serious gamers from just being able to go, this is degenerate, this is broken, this is an engine I can exploit and run away with it. Well, I think from a family game point, it makes a lot of sense. That's the problem though, isn't it? Is, is we are experienced gamers, so we are looking for to, to make engines to break the game. So, yeah. But um, yeah, from a family point of view, actually, I, I think this is good fun. Yeah. For, for gamers who've got kids like me, as it were, and want to be able to sit down and play a game and not go... No, actually, I can't play this the way I'd play a game. Mm. This this is self-limiting. Which I think, for me, that is a massive asset of the game. 
because it obviously they they have created a really deep really complex game and then brought it down to be a family game but can you imagine this game without those limitations he would actually be a very, very <laughs> decent game. And our score, our score would be like triple what it is yeah. now. That game, that the game. Well, it would, but it would be. It could be a really, really deep and nice game. I mean, not that it isn't a nice game. It is a very, very nice game, but it could be a very serious game. Yeah, yeah, and the clock in it's nice as well. The fact that it finishes when you collected a certain number of the relics. idols. Yeah, the relics. Mm. Um, you have a general thing against in-game clocks. It was fine. Yeah, yeah. Didn't it, I? Don't think it made too much difference with the game, really. To be honest, um, probably uh, probably stopped it from wearing out its welcome because we we're beginning to lose out lose tiles to be able to actually do anything. And as Paco had stopped us moving our roads, it was it was about right. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that that scales based on the number of players. With more players, you're going to be in different parts of the board. Three players, it's definitely possible to play it without resetting the tool chests. I'd imagine that's even more so in two players. Hmm. But this game plays up to five. With five players, that's going to reset a couple of times, I'd reckon. I would say so. I bet, actually, with the more, more players, in a way, it's probably more fun. A bit more competitive, maybe, but hmm. I think a, a lot more goes on, I would think, quicker yeah. than with three. In, in terms of speed, I also liked a lot how the game accelerated at the end. You know, well, at the beginning it's a relatively slow game. You're just putting one, two, moving one, two spaces, uh, a few turns into it, and, and you're doing things very quickly, moving a lot further, and being able to develop your strategy much more clearly, which is pretty good. And the scoring's nice and simple for that very. as well. You know, you're just going twice as many points as the number of spaces I've moved between these two relics. That's it, yeah. Nice and simple. And I think the most we saw was a six-place move. Yep. So two sixes, definitely comfortable family-level maths there. So that's a really nice light game, I think. Yeah, Yeah. it, it does have a nice, a nice degree of strategy to it, though. Yeah. It is light. It's definitely like it's for everyone, but it does it does have aspects of it where you can plan ahead what you're going to do, where you're going to put your paths, and even coincide with other players to to try and cut them off. So, I, I, it really does have something for everybody. I do, did quite enjoy it. I'm quite surprised because I didn't expect to. Yeah, you know, yeah. I came here, I looked at it and went, well, you know, it's a family game. I'm not going to get a lot out of this for me personally. You know, I'm not the target audience for this, but I had a good time. And I think Days of Wonder should look forward to a better hit with this than they had with Cargo Noir, but it's no ticket to ride either. No, no, I agree. I mean, I was I was thinking that you know how does this compare with with Ticket to Ride? Um, and I, I don't, I'm, 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 I am a bit ambivalent about that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure which one I prefer. This one's not going to see what twenty expansions. Expansions for a lot, no. yeah. In a, in a way, it's nice. I enjoyed this more than Ticket to Ride. In a way. Because t Ticket to Ride at times it, it gets a bit too depending on the board. Obviously, some are better than others. You know, it, it's got varieties. Mm. But but th this is a lot lighter. I've come out of this feeling a lot better with Ticket to Ride. I tend to come out a bit bit angry sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so in a way, this this is better depending on your mood. There's, there's definitely less investment in this. Yeah. There's less time being thought about your moves. There's less mm. actual playtime 
Like it's not all or nothing as well. Yeah. Ticket to ride is, you know, this doesn't work. I, I'm, I, that's it. I'm out of the game. Yeah. Whereas this, you know, it doesn't matter as much. And I do, I do like out of this one the the tactile component. You know, they're having to flip things around an awful lot and keeping your figures and and ended up with your little treasure. I I I, I like that um, in terms of tactile. It's, it just feels good. You're very hands on. Yes, yeah. I am. A better yeah. family game for younger gamers. Definitely. Probably even the Ticket to Ride. Mm. And, you know, this is a board where if something gets knocked... So what? So what? If Ticket to Ride gets knocked... You're well, in trouble. that's that. Yeah, exactly. Let's <laughs> start the game. But this one, it doesn't really matter. So how many how many gamers approve of this? Me, 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 me. For its target audience, yeah, I approve. Yeah, yeah, I approve. Yeah, let's sure. approve the three this, is a, this is a good family game. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Your hosts for this podcast have been Paco, Michael and Max. This podcast has been produced by Michael Chamberlain with help from Paco Garcia. The music has been composed by Kevin We would love to hear from you. Feedback and your questions are always welcome and you can email us at podcast.gmsmagazine.com You can also follow us on Twitter, we are at GMS Magazine, and we are on Facebook and Google Plus and we'd be more than happy to talk to you. Remember to subscribe to the GMS Magazine podcast channel in iTunes and please do give us a review and a rating, which is truly appreciated. For more quality shows, listen to our other rooms, the RPG room, the board game room and the interview rooms. But until next time, let the games continue. I'm starting to feel quite filthy.